in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them touching suckers like the f***ing players. I do need to give you another update on a different soccer game. Lights FC lost El Paso 1-0 on Friday. Uh, By the way, absolutely brutal loss. El Paso got a red card in the first half. Lights got to play up a man. Playing with 10? For 45 minutes and lost 1-0. They they gave up the goal after the red card. Absolutely brutal loss. Against a team that they'll probably be fighting with for a playoff spot for the majority of the season. Terrible, terrible loss for that to happen. But... Jose Canseco hit softballs into the crowd at halftime. I did not catch one. Uh, I was in a very good location to catch one, but the majority of them still went over my head. Um, but I did, did Jared not get catch one. one? Jared did not get one either. Uh, I am amazed nobody got hurt. I asked you this last week. Uh, what they play with it, you know, the, the softball level are 12-inch softballs, and they're hard. I mean, they're, they are I asked you last week, how can nobody not get hurt if he's hit if he's hitting it with all his strength oh. to try to get into these, which I'm sure some were line drives. Or oh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't believe, I, I, I'm with you, I can't believe someone didn't get hurt on this. Is that so, what we know of? The funniest part is that, like, if you brought your glove, you, got, you could go on the field to catch balls that didn't go into the crowd. And he only hit, like, three or four that didn't go into the crowd. Right? Like, every single one. Where he was hit. he hitting from? Um... It would have been roughly like where a center fielder would stand if the baseball diamond was still there. Okay. Um, into the crowd. Maybe a little close. Maybe like a shallow center fielder. Um, he, he, but he only hit. So there's like 50 kids on the field. And they only right. had like all the gloves. three or four balls that even came their okay. way. But they were like in the most danger because that was when he hit a line yeah. drive right at him. But I'm amazed nobody got hurt because he these were. I, he, I mean, Yeah, he, he tried to hit one. But he was like, I'm going to hit one 500 feet. He's like, I'm going to hit one out of the out of the entire stadium, and he did. But like, he did. Oh yeah, he was like swinging. This was as hard as Jose Canseco can hit a softball, I assume. And I just, just I rockets. Talk about the the liability of that baby. Right. I I took my glove in the crowd, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to catch this, even if it comes to me. I'm like, I'm not going to catch it anyway. I'm amazed nobody got hurt. Maybe somebody did. I don't know. But I'm amazed nobody got hurt. But um, it was great. I, I, I wish they would do it. When every you game. told me that last week and you, the size of the softball, I'm like, okay, I've been around those a lot. And if you're sw- with that guy's power, if you're hitting a line drive, I was like, I can't. I, that's gonna, that's gonna oh, hit somebody. Oh, okay. No, the best part, Jose Canseco didn't want to confine to the limits of halftime. Like there were like two minutes left on the clock before the game was supposed to restart, and he was like, "Do we still have five more minutes?" It was like, "No, Jose, we gotta get going." <laughs> but he was still hitting. Softballs. As the players came on, as the players were getting on the field to get ready for the second half, like had he hit, got on top of one, he might have hit a player at one point. He didn't, but like the, it, it was incredible. But I'm like, there's no way they can do that again because somebody's getting oh. hurt. If you're him, do you say I'm Jose Canseco? I'm going to keep hitting. Right, he's bigger yes. than probably yes. the entire USL. So yes, probably yes, but like. If you're the referees or the other team walking out there, you're like, what? How the about the El Paso guys? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Is that Jose Cadoga? I got a duck. <laughs> Do you think anybody on either of those teams knew who Jose Canseco was? 
It's a good question. Surely they did, right? I don't know. He's been out of the league for how many yeah. years? And most of those guys are early I 20s. I mean, maybe the Lights players were told it was going to happen. I, the El Paso players probably didn't even know it was happening. Like Tyler said until he came on the field, said, who's this guy hitting balls? <laughs> what the hell, what the hell's that? happening? Like hiding behind some kid. Man, you know, that's a great question. The Rangers beat the Hurricanes in Game 7, a 6-2 win for New York. It's the first loss of the postseason at home for the Carolina Hurricanes, and it means they are going home. And Gerard Gallant is back in the conference finals. Golf clap there, baby. The Turk is back. He's back in the conference finals. So the Rangers have been down 3-1 in the first round, came back to win. 2-0 in round two and came back to win, and down 3-2 in this series and came back to win. Um, Some great comebacks there. Are we giving them any shot against Tampa Bay? I said, like, I can't bet against Tampa Bay. So any shot, I don't know about any shot, but I just can't. And they're rested. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I want it, man. I want Gallant in the Stanley Cup final more than I think I want to hear Jock Peterson with a sideways (laughs) hat on and his blonde hair sticking out with his overalls on again. Oh, that would be great if he got to the Stanley Cup final. Winning it. Mike, I mean, I, I don't even think of that. that. That's the biggest dream ever. So I can't even make my mind go there that if he won the Stanley Cup and he was he was walking around holding the Stanley Cup up with some people back here watching, I would just, I'd be falling down. If he wins it, oh, we we need so badly a Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, Bill Foley press conference. Talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> about why they let him go. <laughs> oh. I'm out. Game one of the Western Conference Finals is tonight. Edmonton at Colorado. We get Nathan McKinnon against Connor McDavid. Uh, This is very NBA-like of the Stanley Cup Finals, where you have the best player in hockey and Connor McDavid taking on the best team in hockey, the Colorado Avalanche. That's something normally in hockey. We get like some random terrible team that finds its way into the conference finals, like the Montreal Canadiens last year. And on the other side, we have the best guy who is the best goalie in all of hockey against the two time defending Stanley cups. This is like a good, a good narrative season mm-hmm. for great, the Stanley great cup conference finals. finals. Um, McDavid yesterday was funny. Cause McKinnon said McDavid's the best. And then they asked McDavid about McKinney's like, they have a good team. Like, he didn't even talk about McKinnon. Where McKinnon's like, yeah, that guy's the best. I've said it for a while now. Because everybody knows that Connor McDavid's the best. And yeah. even he can't. I don't even think he could. He couldn't even humbly try to say, oh, no, McKinnon's better than me. He no. can't even humbly try no. to say well, he that. didn't try yesterday. He's unbelievably. He's so much better than everybody else in the sport. That it's, it's he can't, he couldn't even try. Even if no. he wanted no, to be No, because humble. everyone would be laughing at him. Right. You'd be like, no. Come on. You're, Stop it. You're better. Than Come like, on, he's got more. He's been on the ice for more goals than all but one team in yeah. the playoffs. He's incredible. That's crafty wording right there. I give <laughs> you credit. The Lakers hired Darvin Ham as their next head coach. It'll be his first head coaching job. He has been an assistant in the league once with the Lakers, also with the Hawks, and most recently with the Bucks. But here's what I find curious. The Lakers announced this hiring. 20 minutes before game six of the Eastern Conference Finals on the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. That is the perfect time to dump bad news. Oh. Were they trying to hide this? I didn't think of it that way. I didn't think of it that way. I mean, if you're trying to... The response from so many of the announcers, and maybe, you know, he's their friend, I'm not so sure, 
was they thought it was a really really good hire. Did they? Okay. I I mean they everyone who talked said, "Oh, this is this guy's been ready for it. What he did with Giannis, what he's done with other guys and in, in the bigs and how he's going to help." I think he might have coached Anthony Davis or he's been around Anthony Davis. Um I, I didn't I didn't think of it that way, but maybe you're right. I didn't think of, "Oh man, this is a weird time to be announcing it." If, and Wojo Woj uh broke it anyway. Yeah, if you were going to hide bad news, right? If you were going to announce bad news, that's that's well, when you do time. it. That's when you do it. Memorial Day weekend on Friday because shows like us, national shows, take Mondays off and you get three days between when you announce it and when people go back on the yeah, radio. I didn't think of that. And it was right before game six. I mean, hell, there's a game six and a game seven of the Easter Conference Finals before you even get back on Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend. So that was like, to me, that was like, are they trying to hide this by leaking it right before the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe not, but if you're like, if you're the Lakers, it's the perfect time if that's what you're going to do, right? If, and if you want to pump it up, you wouldn't you wouldn't leak it then. Right. You would leak it right now. Well, you you do you'd, it today. You done it. You done it the day after Memorial Day, right? Or you yeah, you do it today, and right. it's like because there's a couple of days before the finals start. Right. Nothing's going on. Right. This would be the perfect time to be like, look at our new coach. We're proud of him. Fridays, don't look at our new coach. Don't yell at us <laughs> about it. What do you think? So this is a report from Mark Stein. Uh, the Lakers are refusing to give up assets to trade away Russell Westbrook. And apparently nobody right now is willing to trade for him without getting something else in return. If that holds true, the Lakers will end up keeping Russell Westbrook, or at least that's what they're saying at the moment. Are they anything next year if Russell Westbrook's still on this team? I guess it depends on how good Darvin Ham is. <laughs> <laughs> what can he do with Russell Westbrook that uh, Frank Vogel couldn't? I mean, we saw what happened last year. I think they need more. We both said we both said it. They need more. It doesn't mean that they don't need Westbrook or Westbrook shouldn't go, but they need more with that they had last year. They need to stay healthy. I'm surprised. Well, maybe not I'm not surprised because it's LeBron. If you look at the futures, like they're right there with the Warriors. They're right there with the Warriors on the futures, which that just has to be about LeBron. And thinking Anthony Davis is going to stay healthy, which I don't think it's possible. I mean, if you had healthy LeBron and healthy Anthony Davis, that is one of the biggest like things to having a title contender, is having two great players. Two stars. The problem for the Lakers that we saw this year, they have nothing after right. those two. And there's, when one gets hurt or both gets hurt, right. then it's over. And there's no the, the role players after that are not good enough to win a title. And a big reason for that is because they went out and acquired Russell Westbrook right. and they had to get rid of a lot of their decent role players. If conceivably you trade away Russell Westbrook, you now have more space, more money to use to go get better role players. But if they keep Westbrook around, it's probably the same team that's coming back next year. And if they're healthier, they're in the playoffs, but they're probably not contenders unless Westbrook's gone and they replace them with two or three legitimately useful right. role players, not Russell Westbrook, who's probably a net negative on the team last season. I mean, yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. All right. Here's a story from the Daily Telegraph in Australia on Liz uh, Cambage. So going back to before the Olympics, Liz Cambage in a practice or a scrimmage that Team Australia was having against Team Nigeria here in Las Vegas. Liz Cambage reportedly called Nigerian players monkeys 
during a vicious five-minute Las Vegas meltdown that led to the basketball superstar walking out on her Australian teammates ahead of the Olympics. In the end, she elbowed a uh, Nigerian player in the face during during the scrimmage. Uh, in the ensuing mayhem, Cambage slapped another Nigerian player across the face and racially vilified the entire African team by labeling them monkeys and telling them to go back to your third world country. Embarrassed Australian team officials were forced to call off the practice before the end of the second quarter. Cambage ended up not playing in the Olympics. Here's the interesting part of Liz Cambage's uh, not playing in the Olympics. Team Australia allowed her to say she was pulling out and allowed her to say this. It's no secret that in the past I've struggled with my mental health and recently I've been worried about heading into a bubble Olympics. No family, no friends, no fans, no support system outside my team. It's honestly terrifying for me. The past month I have been having panic attacks, not sleeping, and not eating. Couldn't it have been both, though? She got kicked off the team. Like, Team Australia did not come out and say she's off the team. She got kicked off the team for that. They canceled a scrimmage because she called the Nigerian team mungrace. She hit a few people in the face. She got kicked off the team, and Team Australia allowed her to say, I'm afraid to go into the bubble, so I can't go to the Olympics. That's obviously horrific from Liz Cambage, but for Team Australia to let her do that, she she hid behind mental health when she was racially abusing a whole country of players. That that scrimmage was at UNLV. Right. It was at the uh, the, Cox underneath the Cox Pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah. That's a horrific story, and I don't think Liz Cambage has said anything publicly since this came out over the weekend. She's had three or four days here. Um, Yeah, in, in L.A. with L.A. reporters. Yeah. So... I don't know if anything actually happens here to Liz Cambage, but there was reports of a blow up with the Australian and the Nigerian teams. But this is the first time we've gotten details on it. Thanks to the Daily Telegraph in Australia who talked to Nigerian players from this scrimmage. And there was a there was also a video circulating from an interview a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago with the higher ups in the Australian national team. And they said Cambage will never play for Australia again. Yeah, I Hope you not. can't. No, you can't put yeah. it back on. And, yeah, I mean, she's had lots of – she's been very outspoken about her problems with Australian basketball. So I don't know that it's a very – it's not even like it was a warm, fuzzy relationship before this. But now this happens, and it's just – it's unbelievable that that would happen with Liz Cambage and that then she would be like, oh, I'm not going to the Olympics because I don't what want to go to What part was unbelievable? That they'd let her st- cite mental health or, or the elbowing because – Well, both. I it's, was not – the, the racial slurs is one thing, but the elbowing and getting into people, I guess I was not surprised she would do that. No, that's... The, the racial thing, then you take it to a completely different right. level. Right. The, the physical play, I shouldn't say commonplace, but the physical play is very... If you watch Liz Cambage play in the WNBA, you can very easily see her elbowing people in the face. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, that's not a big No, that's not jump a big jump. to make. The jump came with what she said. Right. Calling them monkeys yes. and calling Nigeria... Come to go back to go the back third, to your world, third country. world country... Is unbelievable. Yes. And the other detail that's been pointed out, Liz Cambage's father is Nigerian. That's what I was going to ask you. She could have played for Nigeria, right. right? She could have had dual citizenship. Now, from reading stories, Liz Cambage's father was not in her life, I don't believe. So she didn't. She, she did not grow up with okay. her Nigerian father. 
So I'm guessing she doesn't exactly identify or associate with, with her father in Nigeria, yeah. but she has Nigerian heritage yes. and she's still calling the Nigerian players monkeys and saying, go back to your third yeah. world country. It's because the other, one of the other details in their story is that the Nigerian players said that before this, Liz Cambage said to them, well, I wish I could come play for you because my Australian teammates are racist. Jeez. She's all over the map. There's a lot of problems. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with that story. She's all over the map. Coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA because the Celtics are going to the finals. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. We need to go back a little bit to before Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Draymond Green, after the Warriors won the West, was on Inside the NBA, and he's told Shaq and Charles Barkley, Ernie and Kenny that they would be playing Boston in the NBA finals. He did that actually before game six of the Boston yeah, Miami series when Boston was up three to two. Udonis Haslam of the Miami heat told Yahoo sports. This Draymond broke the code. You ain't supposed to say some bleep like that. That's disrespectful. He knows better than that. He let Shaq peer pressure him into saying some bleep he ain't got no business saying. I didn't sleep much after he said that. That was some bull bleep. I loved it when he said it. Well, Shaq asked him to pick a winner. Shaq asked him to pick the winner, and he kept asking me, I know you, Draymond, I know you, Draymond. And he said, well, I was watching. He said, well, do you want to know who we're going to play? We're going to play Boston, which essentially you pick the winner. Yeah. Or no, no, Shaq asked him, who do who you, you want to play? play? Yeah. Who do you want to play? And Draymond and eventually said, well, we're going to play Boston. Right. Like, Which it doesn't matter who I wanted want to play. playing Boston. And he ended up being right. But what is Draymond Green's, or what, not not Draymond, <laughs> what is Udonis Haslam talking about? <laughs> you broke the code. What? Because he said that we're going to play Boston? Yeah. Like, yes, normally athletes will be like, oh, they're oh, both yeah. two tough yeah, they're teams. Too good. We're going to have a struggle with either of them, all but that nonsense. Part of why the NBA is good and specifically why Draymond Green is great is because he doesn't just say things like, oh, both teams are good. Draymond will be like, we're playing the Celtics. Yeah. He will tell you who he thinks is good and who he thinks sucks. And Udonis Haslam would probably do the same thing if anybody cared to interview him. <laughs> Which Yahoo Sports did because he was he. Pre- do you think? Well, he ran up to. I was going to say. Do he you ran think up to he the ran up to the reporter? Udonis Haslam. Do you think he ran up to the reporter and said, "Listen, I know you don't want to talk to me because I haven't played a single second in this series, but I got something to say about Draymond Green." I think what happened was after Game Six, he ran up to Breen and those guys and said. Tell Draymond, thanks very much. It was great motivation. And after everyone heard that, one of the reporters said, "Oh, I'm going to go ask him about it." Because I heard it, everyone heard it on the telecast. It was right at the end of the game when he ran up in his sweats, obviously, yeah. <laughs> in his warm-up suit, and said, tell Dr- Draymond, thanks very much. It was good motivation. So if I'm a reporter covering him, I'm like, well, I'm going to go talk to this guy now. Okay. When Udonis Haslam says, I didn't sleep much after he said that, there is no way that is accurate, right? No. There's no chance he if lost is, even a minute of sleep. If it is, it's worse than the, him just talking about this. Right. That's like if you're if that's you're next level in, buffoonery. If you're laying in bed, being like, I uh, can't Draymond. believe Draymond 
Send he needs to be laying in bed Boston. figuring out how to play more. <laughs> I like if you're laying in bed and you're mad that Draymond Green said, "Oh, we're gonna play Boston, the team that's up three to two in the series and is yeah. the sports book favorite to get out here." You, you might be more insane than Tommy Pham. Yep. Like that might you like that might be more insane. So, th- and by the way, this is now the second time during the NBA playoffs that we have had somebody accuse another player of breaking the code. Steve Kerr accused um, who who got from suspended Memphis, from, Memphis. from Memphis. I've completely forgotten now who got suspended, but whoever it was for taking out uh, Gary Payton. And now you've got Udonis Haslam over here saying that Draymond Green broke the code. When did basketball become baseball with unwritten rules and this code? I, was it Dylan Brooks, by the way? Yes. Okay, it was Dylan Brooks. Basketball's gotten worse than baseball. Yeah. What is this code that we keep hearing I, about? You haven't. I haven't heard that very often from Right. Him. That's a baseball yeah. thing. Yeah. That's a Tony La Russa is like 89 years who's, old. Who's talking about the code. Right. And is like, oh, you did some, you disrespected my pitcher by looking at him. Now you're getting beaned between the shoulder blades. Like, that's what this sounds like. But it's Steve Kerr and Udonis Haslam <laughs> doing it. I'm more disappointed in Kerr. Where's this code at? Not not Haslam. Yeah. I mean, after he went up to the announcers after oh. the game. Let me ask you something, because maybe you know this. I was surprised at this. Had Miami won, and maybe I missed this, why would Golden State have hosted? That's wrong, right? No. It said Miami, Golden State, the winner, the winner, Miami, Boston, the winner goes to Golden State on, on Thursday. And I didn't, I was asking my son that. And what, what, what seed was Boston? Were they both threes? Well, it's not seeding; it's record. Okay. Yeah. All right, you got me. All right, because I, I, the uh, first thing I said is, wait, they were the one seed. Okay. All right. I Thanks. didn't know. I, so Thanks. because I, I, I immediately thought, why would Miami not be hosting this thing? Is there if they're the one seed in the East? So Golden State and uh, Miami actually finished with the same exact record. Uh, I'm guessing the Warriors had some sort of tiebreaker. Okay. All right. But yeah, all they right. had the same okay. exact record, and that means Boston had uh, was okay. two games behind. Golden so State. Golden, that's fine. Yeah. I just I, when I always thought it was seeding. Yeah. Um, one other thing on Game Seven, Mike Breen, the usual play-by-play announcer for ESPN, missed Game Seven because he tested positive for COVID. Did you hear Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy? Gundy? If if he tested positive, I hope they gave Van Gundy a test because you could barely you could hear him, but he didn't sound anything like himself. I don't the, think the I've raspy ever, voice. I don't think I've ever heard somebody that's on sick. television that you. No, is that sick? Right. Van Gundy sounded horrible. It sounded horrible for the entire game, and it's like if that had happened, if this was 2019, you'd have been like, "Well, he sounds a little weird." So that's what. But whatever, he's fine. We've been through a pandemic. We're not even at the pandemic's not even over. The guy who normally sits next to him tested positive for COVID, and we're just letting this guy roll through it. That was incredible. It might have been they didn't want Mark Jackson 50 times instead of 25 times say, there goes that man. That's true. That's true. Surely, surely Van Gundy tested negative before that game. Yeah. Fly in his brother. Surely. Anybody. (laughs) Anybody. Fly in anybody. Like, he he, sounded. Oh, they had to test both Jackson and Van Gundy. Sounded horrible. Yeah, he was was terrible. (laughs) He still said a lot of good things, which he normally does about the game and teaches people about the game. But. The minute I turned it on, like my son and I are watching, I'm like, is that Van Gundy? Yeah. That sounded that was awful. Crazy. All right. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
Joining us now, Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Check out his work at Underdog Fantasy and his podcast, The Exemplist. Good morning, Charles. Have you ever been slapped over something as insignificant as fantasy football? Oh, uh, maybe. I was going to say there was a long pause there. (laughs) Does what count? Do video games count? Uh, Yeah, I think video games would would fit in that realm. You've been slapped by somebody playing video games? Uh, Yeah, we had a... uh, All right, so back in college, basically, we would just... Sometimes on the weekends, we would get a... You know, a little inebriated and take turns playing uh, NBA 2K, like the little my player mode. Because look, there's so many games in the NBA season that it's kind of like a multi-person mission to to really uh, get what you need to get done on the video game. I uh, I wasn't very good, and one night I got you know really drunk and we were playing, and one of my friends took the shit like, oh god, did it again? Oh my god, he took it very seriously, uh, and. You know, I, I think we had a center, and I just started jacking up threes because, once again, I was just super drunk, and he was like, if you're not going to play the game, then you got to take it seriously, blah, 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 blah. And then he slapped me in the face. And honestly, <laughs> I, I was so stunned that he had slapped me over this video game that I just started laughing because, like, it was kind of funny. Like, he got slapped over a video game. And also one time, uh, me and the same friend, I mean, he's one of my closest friends on the planet, we got into a little tussle over – like where Cam Newton was ranked on some Bleach Report article way back in the day, too. So, uh, yeah, definitely have done some, some dumb stuff uh, in the name of sports and video games. I think Tyler just threw out the question. We didn't expect to like. Did, I didn't know there was going to be a better that. answer. No, see, so I I have not played video games a long time because my problem, it wasn't that I ever like physically tried to assault somebody. I broke so many controllers playing video games because something would happen. I'd get mad. There's something in my hand and it's not going to be in my hand for very long. Like, so I just always threw controllers. Yeah. I might've hit somebody on accident, but it was never on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've broken a couple controllers, but I haven't done that in a long time ever since I uh, had to start paying for the controllers myself. And, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll calmly put it down and be like, uh, I need to hit something right now. There's not going to be a $60 controller. I can tell you that. <laughs> You weren't in. You weren't in when you're getting slapped. You weren't in some group chat. Chat where you're telling everyone what uh, people said, were you? Oh no, 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 not never that, never that. I, uh, I don't kiss and tell. You know. <laughs> if okay, so if you were in this fantasy football league, the Jock Peterson and Tommy Fam were in, and like seven months later, Tommy Fam slaps Jock Peterson. Would you be mad at Jock Peterson for showing part of the group chat? to the media and effectively to the world? No, because I honestly, I feel like any, and not just fancy football, I think this is true for life. Anytime you're mad at someone for seven months, like I feel like you need a little bit of an investigation because I don't, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like I'll be mad about maybe something serious, but seven months later, like I've, I've usually moved on unless it's something like truly, truly horrible. So I I would want to know what that is. Like it reminds me. You guys remember when Matt Barnes went to go fight Derek Fisher yes, for yes. basically, you know? Yes. A, and I I just remember thinking like, well, I, I don't remember like the distance that he was driving, but it was like a few hours. Yes. And I'm like, man, man, that is a lot of rage to sustain you through traffic, <laughs> through gas stops, through you know, trying to not get pulled over <laughs> by the police still trying to make it there on time so you don't lose like that level of rage that keeps you going so you can win this fight. Like, th- those are the stories that always interest me. Like, man, like, you're really mad that long. 
that long in seven months. That's a long time. So honestly, at, at this point, I think it's okay if we were to get the receipts because I, I I can't imagine like a fancy football dispute that would leave me mad for seven months or even seven days, really. All right. Off of Jock Peterson and Tommy Fan, Colin Kaepernick had a workout with the Raiders last week. Do you think he signs with an NFL team before the season starts? Uh, I, I mean, I'm 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 a huge Kaepernick supporter, but I'm also a cynic at this point. I would be pretty surprised uh, if he signed with the team at this point. I I, I still like you look at the Raiders depth chart. You, I see, look, I've seen Nick Mullins and Jared Stidham play. I don't know who Chase Garbers is, uh, <laughs> but I would I would I would pull just about any quarterback that started, let's say any quarterback that has started a game or, or started 10 games, right, and hasn't played in five years, I think I would take them over Nick Mullins or Jared Sims. <laughs> I've seen those guys play. I remember when I was, uh, I was covering the Jets for the Daily News, and I, I think I got there like week three or week four, and I was catching up on games because, hey, look, I'm not sitting at home watching Jets games before I have to get paid for them. So I was, after I got hired, I was sitting there rewatching the games, and there's this game where Jared Stidham is quarterback of the Patriots, and they're playing the Jets. Blowout win. Uh, they're up, like, I want to say it was like 30-7 to in the fourth quarter or something like that. And Jared Stidham threw a pick six to Jamal Adams, of all people. And uh, Bill pulled them in the middle of a blowout win when they were still up by three scores. Uh, that's all I need to know about Jared Stidham. I know that's never happened to Colin Kaepernick, so – uh, I know Nick Mullins when he played when he, the second that he got away from Kyle Shanahan, uh, we started realizing like, oh wait, this guy is the undrafted quarterback talent. It's no fight to him. It's just uh, none of these guys are as accomplished as Colin Kaepernick. And I think, you know, <laughs> I understand why people got into a TV, but man, like people were upset that he just got like a workout call. <laughs> from, yeah, like it's not even like they signed him. It's just like, hey. How's that arm look? Like I don't know. We're a little curious. Uh, uh, you know, I I I I think that they should sign them just because uh, it's better insurance than what you have right now behind Derek Carr. Uh, it's, it's a dice roll. Who knows? Like if this has made him fresh all this time away from the game. But uh, yeah, I I I think that every team should at least look into signing him. But I, I don't think that he does get signed just because you know it's been five years at this point, six years at this point because that was 2016. Uh, it, it would be pretty tough for me to see that. I mean, even the backlash on Twitter, mostly were fans. Uh, if they went through camp and they just said Mullins isn't the guy, would you would you take him on as a three, knowing what might come with the backlash? Would you care about that if he's just going to be your three? Uh, it's about Kaepernick. Like, yeah, Kaepernick. I would still find him be my three. I mean, I'll be still find him be my two. Um, like I, I think people who are like. Uh, we have Nick Mullins. We don't need Colin Kaepernick. Dude, please go watch Nick Mullins in the Eagles preseason games last year. Like, it's jarring. Uh, the, the only reason he was able to throw for like nine plus yards in the tenth was literally just because he had Kyle Shanahan and that guy can figure out how to, you know, get a tomato to throw for three hundred yards in a game. Uh, I like to me. It, it's I'm not even sure that you have an NFL caliber quarterback behind Derek Carr and. But when you actually get started talking about roster building and stuff like that, you've gone all in on this season. And this is not to say that Colin Kaepernick can come in and save your season at this point because I, I don't think I believe that to be true. Maybe six years ago I would have said, like, hey, what, what are you guys doing? Just find this guy. But 
you know, I, I would say that he's definitely a better prospect to keep you afloat than Nick Mullins or Jared Stenham. Uh, especially, you know, what we know about all these guys in their careers, I think if you've gone all in and you need a guy to boy your savior season when things start to get rough down the stretch, I'm not trusting anybody on the roster that's not Derek Carr. Uh, and I think it'll just be kind of a waste to go all in like this and sign guys for older vets like Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and potentially their career if Derek Carr gets hurt. It's just insurance. It doesn't mean he's going to play. It doesn't mean he's going to disturb Derek Carr. Obviously not because Derek just got that extension. Uh, it's literally just someone to have behind them, someone who has playoff experience, someone who maybe can keep you alive and give your supporting uh, cast a chance to win a game. Should I watch Prehistoric Planet tonight? Yes. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I I don't remember who made it. I think it's John Favreau. Uh, but they, they, they like, get you infected in your lives with, like, these, these dinosaurs and stuff. It's, uh, it's really cool. I, saw some, I watched the first two episodes last night. Uh, highly, highly recommend. Like, if you're into dinosaurs or even just, like, nature shows, uh, I, I think it's really cool. Because uh, you get to see not only the dinosaurs, but also... Uh, other animals like giant sea turtles that were around and you get to see a T-Rex eating a giant sea turtle and not give any food to his babies. Like, that's how the show starts off. So, uh, if that's how it starts off, I still have three more episodes to go. I cannot recommend it enough. Do While watching it, like, did you fall into the trap of, like, oh, believing you're watching real footage of dinosaurs? Uh, no, I'm 28 years old. Okay. I turned 28 last week. <laughs> I think, right. you know, <laughs> look, when I was, uh, when I was, like, Seven and still like want to be a paleontologist before I shelled all my science classes. Uh, <laughs> I I think that I might have believed it, but hey, you know I went to school and I was falling asleep in bio and chemistry, and you don't get to you don't get to be a paleontologist if you don't know any science. So I uh, I had to be a football writer, uh, unfortunately, because that was like the only thing left that I was good at. Well, he's Charles McDonald. Follow him at Four Verts on Twitter, but don't take any science advice from him. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Please don't. Later. So there is Charles McDonald. Uh, I do want to watch that. Of all the things that I don't watch, the prehistoric planet that is essentially planet Earth but with dinosaurs, I do want to watch that. Do you know who John Favreau is? Sounds like an actor. He was an actor. Now I believe he's a is he a producer or director now? He might even do both. Did you ever see um, Rudy? No. Did you watch Friends? I've seen Friends. Yes. Have did you see the couple episodes where Monica dated the rich guy who wanted to do UFC fighting and owned a restaurant and all that? Old guy with the mustache? No, that's Tom Selleck. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember that one. All right, during the break, look up John Favreau. All right, coming up next. I don't know what we're doing next. Who's John Favreau? Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. I kind of know who John Favreau is. Just by looking at him. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that guy before. And I have seen episodes of Friends with, with him on it. With him in it, yeah. He's gained a little weight. Um, Ed, you saw the new Top Gun movie? Oh, yeah. It's good. All five. I've seen is people saying it's like the greatest movie they've ever seen. Five uh, fighter jets out of five fighter jets. It's terrific. <laughs> is that the ratings? Yes, it was terrific. It was absolutely <laughs> terrific. Um, I told Danny, well, a lot of times there's way too many sequels made. I'll, I'll put uh, I put the Rocky uh, uh, marathon on yesterday, and it was one, two, three, four, five. I didn't watch it. You know, I just wanted to see and remember how many there were, and that just got completely out of control because I thought Rocky one was 
one of the best movies, sports movies of all time. He, he it was just brilliant. And then two would have been fine. He won the title, but three, four, and five, you, you start interjecting Mr. T and Russian steroid guys. <laughs> it, it just got too much. Cruz waited 30 years. Now, I don't know if you would have asked him when the first one was made, are you going to wait 30 years? But because he did, no matter what the circumstances were that he waited 30 years, is perfect. And by the way, he doesn't age at all. He, he, what did you say? Deal with the devil? Yeah, last, when we talked about it earlier, I said, I'm pretty sure he made a deal with the devil. He looks like he's aged five years. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Uh, but it was absolutely terrific. Perfect sequel in every way. Now, I know he does his own stunts in his movies. Did he drive his own uh, fighter jet? No. No way. Uh, no way. Now, right? the motorcycle he does. He does the motorcycle. You know, he does a lot of stuff in the Mission Impossible movies. He's... I read one time he's he's broken his share of bones doing these things. I mean, he's he's been beat up a lot, but no. There's just no chance. He has, I don't know if this is correct. I know he's flown in them, but probably with a real pilot who can who can actually maneuver those things as fast as they go. I would hope so. Yeah. So good. Perfect. Movie. Perfect sequel. Right. Have you seen the first one? No. Okay. You should definitely watch it. It's no, really you'd good. like it. You would. You you'd like it. It it was it's very good. It's very good. And 30 years later, the technology with the with the uh, fighter jets and 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 the and you know and 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 the uh, encounters with the MIGs and all that is just I mean on the screen now in 2022, amazing. You so, know, back in whatever 30 years ago, it was good. But now you take the technology of today and the cinema the cinematography and all that, unbelievable. So obviously it's not above the first one, but where would you rank this in Tom Cruise's movies? Is it well, okay? Five? I've got to put it out there that I'm not a Mission Impossible guy, so I don't know anything okay. about those. But I've seen his other movies. I think this is number two because I think I don't think you can get above the first one. Right. So you're but, saying his top two movies are Top Gun, huh? I mean, you'd have to remind me about a lot of his movies. One of the more underrated movies uh, I thought was Cocktail with I don't Jennifer think I Grey. Saw that. I think it was just Jennifer Grey. Uh, people will be laughing outside now if they heard if they heard me say this, uh, but I thought that was a pretty good movie. I don't know um, what it is. It's it was a pretty good movie, <laughs> um, you know. But again, he does a lot of action things that other than Top Gun, I haven't watched. I haven't. I'm not a Mission Impossible guy. I don't. He's done another one of those is coming out, right? I mean, he's how many of those have been out? Uh, I think we're on six. Yeah, so five or six. He's kind of fallen into the mode there of what I was talking about sequels, probably too many of them, and I might get beat up on Twitter because people might love Mission Impossible, but this was the perfect time to come out with the sequel. Did you see any of the Jack Reachers? See, I don't I don't watch those. I don't <laughs> see those. <laughs> I think there was one. There I mean, one of, the, one of the, I think one of his great, I mean, Dustin Hoffman was better, but Rain Man, I thought was a terrific movie. Um, uh, I thought he was good in that. I mean, what else has he been in? There are six I mean, Mission Impossible's, and been there are two more coming out. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a million movies. What do you think his best one is? Um, I'll be honest. I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies. I've probably seen I don't know ten of them. Like I've seen Jack Reacher. I've ten seen, of them? How is that not a whole lot? I mean, I've the, seen like guys, one of these movies. The that guy's you guys been are acting for about. forty years. Have you seen a few Good Men? No. Um, I've seen movie. I've seen fantastic. one of the Mission Impossibles. You seen one? I don't remember which one, but we had Born we on had the Fourth of July. We had a VHS of that one. No, I've Born on the Fourth of July. No, okay, I'd never even heard of that. Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
was that a rip off of like Independence Day? What what No, no, no. Doesn't even sound like a real movie. He played a vet. Um but you 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 should okay, the ones you should see is you should see a few good men. Jerry Maguire. Oh, Jerry Maguire. See, that's the thing. I've seen so many of his movies, you forget about them. Right. I just haven't seen the only action movies I've seen him in are these two Top Gun movies. I, I never I never got into Mission Impossible. And I, you're saying there's six with two to come? Yeah, yeah. 2013 part one of the next one comes out, and then oh 2014 goodness. part two comes out. He's got to be 60, right? 59. And does his own stunts. That's amazing. <laughs> i got to give the kid some credit. Oh, this guy, Tom Cruise over here. By the way, a little bit later in the show, we are giving away tickets to get a sneak preek, see it before it's in theaters, of the new Jurassic Park movie. That is coming out. I have seen all the Jurassic Parks. I have um, seen all the Jurassic Parks. And yeah. by the way, you say like the technology in the movie looks great. Right. One of the most amazing things, even from somebody who doesn't watch many movies, the first Jurassic Park. That movie came out in what? The mid 90s or something yeah. like that? I think 93. Those dinosaurs look incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. it. if you go watch the first Jurassic Park today. It's great. It's great. They look like they were made today. Right. You'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah. that's oh. That still looks normal. Pops uh, Ramirez checked in with one. It was Grisham's all-time best book. In fact, might be his only greatest book. After that, he got into the sequels, by the way. But The Firm, he was very good in The Firm. By the way, this is the second time you've sort of taken that side swipe at John Grisham. Like, <laughs> he wrote one good book. <laughs> nah, well, no, hey, look, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the same thing. You know, you get really successful. And they start making movies out of your books. Like, hey, I'm going to do 10 more of these things because they keep making movies out of all my books and I'm worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But none of his other books are good? The Firm was very good. It was There was nothing like it uh, since uh, you know since it came out. So The Firm was very good. Clancy, I get, but The Firm was terrific. This John Grisham guy. One hit wonder, John Grisham. <laughs> A rich one.